Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Captain Jocelyn J. McNair is a hardcore waterfowler. She only started hunting when she attended university. But Jay, Jay is an enigma. She's an African-American woman who has a wife who absolutely loves to waterfowl hunt by herself. She came to hunting later in life, and she just has a unique perspective on who she is, why she hunts. And it's just an amazing, hard-hitting good old thoughtful conversation that I think we need more of in the hunter community nowadays. All right. On your email, and I'm going to screw this up again. I use the, the, the fact that I'm South African. I, I, I'm allowed to get away with a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have no familiarity with the military. I have utmost respect for the military. I have no understanding of ranks. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
you have something in your signature based on your email. I don't want to assume military rank, uh, but you are in the military. I am. Yep. And what are you in the military? I am a captain. I'm about to be promoted to a major, so... No I'm way. A, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to be a minion for higher ranking people, you know? <laughs> oh, is that what a major is? Um, No, well, I mean, we're just part of the staffing process, right? So, the, and, but I call it, you know, minion work because, you know, full birds, colonels, and, and generals, they're going to turn to a major to nug out and do some of the sausage making. And so that's what that's what I'm learning how to do. I'm in school to learn to that. Yeah, I was going to call you Captain Macne. So I'm I was saying Captain, gonna... so that's not wrong. That's not wrong. I know, I know. I saw the CPT and I was like, I think that's Captain. So yes. I did, but I did not want to assume anything. <laughs> um, career choice to go into the military? Um. So a lot of my family served, to include my mother and my father, my uncles, my aunts. So it was actually, uh, it wasn't my parents' first choice. They didn't want me to go in. They want, they actually forced me to go to college first. Um, and then try, I was supposed to take the LSATs and go to law school. And I was, I was tired of learning mm. like that studying for the LSATs was way above where I was, where I was at in life. Yeah. Uh, so I went into the military cause what I know. Um, and I, 11 years later, I'm still at it. You went into officer school? I did. So I went to ROTC. So that, that allows you to attend college and uh, they'll give you a scholarship as long as you promise to Eastern Carolina University. I did. Mm -hmm. Home of the Pirates. Okay. I only know that because you're wearing a hat that says ECU. I'm 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 observant. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Step one to a good conversation, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. East Carolina University up in North Carolina, middle of a swamp. Okay. And... Mm -hmm. Probably going to retire military? Um, Day by day. We'll take it day by day. Yep. As long as I'm good to the military and they see fit to allow me to serve and it's good and fits into my family plans, then I can see that happening. Have you deployed at all? I have. Yep. Where did you deploy? Uh, I went, I was in the Middle East. Can't tell you exactly where I was at. Okay. Uh, yep. But I was over there rocking, rocking and rolling like everybody else, you know? And um, last question before, because I typically just ramble, and we've been going for quite some time, and nobody knows who you are. They just yeah. know you as Captain McNair. Um, yeah. uh, born a hunter, late on adult onset hunter. What are you? Um, so I was born. Uh, I've, I've, so I'm from South Carolina. Let's start with that, right? Like, so we'll get that context. I'm from. Sure. I was born. In Florence, North Carolina, I claim Darlington. It's right down the road from the racetrack, if anybody knows. Um, my grandmother and that whole side of the family, they fish. You know, they live all okay. the creeks and the, the yep, lakes yep, and stuff yep. like that. So I grew up fishing, uh, but I didn't actually really start hunting until I was in college. So around like 2007 as a way to hang out um, hang out with my little brother. I, I, I call him my little brother because his his sister and I were in a sorority together and we ended up bonding. And now that that family is like my second family and he liked to hunt. So I was like, Hey, I'm coming with you. And I, I started out deer hunting, you know, I'm scared of heights, but I got into a climbing stand, you know, to sit out and chill. Um, and then he started duck hunting, uh, to get closer to his, uh, 
to bond with his in-laws, now in-laws. And so okay. he's like, hey, Jay, you got to go. Right. It's one of the nicknames my, my family calls me. And like, Jay, you got to go duck hunting. I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not going in the middle of like some cold water. That's not happening. <laughs> uh, so, you know, of course he got me somehow to get out there and I, I'm hooked. Like I buy trade, you know, I started out deer hunting, but waterfowl hunting. Is really? Yep. I love it. I've been, I'm like 12 plus years now. I'm passionate. My wife absolutely knows once the season starts, like that is my focus. Now my son is old enough to go with me. So now really won't get into too much trouble because he seems to like it so far. So yeah, it is, it is great. That, All right. That's, yeah, that's where I'm at. Captain Jocelyn J. McNair, welcome yep. to the Blood Origins podcast. Thank you for having me. No, it's a pleasure. I'm super excited uh, to talk to you. I know we've been playing back and forth and you were gracious enough to allow me to push you around a little bit in terms of the timing <laughs> of this podcast. Um, so Jay is what everyone refers to you at. You go by Jay, you go by Jocelyn. Yes. What do you prefer? Uh, everybody, most everybody in the field calls me either Jay or JP. So I'll, okay. I'll answer both of them. For this one, we can go We can go with Jay. How about that? Jay sounds perfect. All right. Uh, because this is an audio uh, medium, not a visual medium. African American woman, mm-hmm. um, living in where do you reside right now? Uh, so I'm in. I'm attending school in Kansas. Yep, Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Okay, and school, and that's the officer. Is that tied to the army? Now again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Army. No, you're in the army. I am. Yep. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm in the army. I'm attending uh command and general staff school. So again, I'm learning how to be, learning how to be a minion for upper, upper echelon leaders. There you go. <laughs> um, and so that everyone did not hear you say the wrong thing earlier, just mm-hmm. to get it out of the way. You said you have a wife. I do. I do. My beautiful wife. I met her in college playing rugby, actually. She laid me out a couple oh, times. Whoa, 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 yes. whoa. Time out, time out, time out, time out. So this is either going to <laughs> cause us to stop the podcast right now <laughs> or continue the podcast. Okay. Best rugby team on the planet? All Blacks, easily. Oh, podcast is over. All all day. Over, over, over. All it is day. the spring box. How oh. can you not say how can you not say the spring box? Are you serious? Why I I the first the initial answer Jay, is always my, the truth. My my level like I had so much respect for you, it was like way up here. I will say this. The Haka of the All Blacks is like the most energizing, most scary most like if nobody on this part if somebody on this podcast is listening to me going man you guys are speaking french the hawker is this thing that the new zealand rugby players do to sort of it's almost like a tribal war dance Mm. to intimidate the uh the opposition before they start playing this game rugby and it is essentially that it's like this tribal war dance like we're going to go to war against you and this is our dance that says we're going to slit your throats and we're going to take your tongues out, kind of deal. No mercy. And it is exceptional. So I'll give you that, but I will not give you that the All Blacks are better than the Springboks. <laughs> are you going to the? Are, there's a tournament what, in in uh, in Maryland, I think, or in the capital city, in, in what in a couple of weeks? Really? I, th- I believe so. Some they're of letting everyone in. There's no way they're letting New Zealanders in. The New Zealanders won't come because they won't no, be able to get back no. into their country. 
No, no, I don't believe so. I don't believe so at all. I'd have to look up at the lineup. It's in our alumni chat. Some of the ruggers send it out. You know, if if any rugby comes to the states, you know, we mm-hmm. gotta. Everybody's gotta get there. Mm-hmm. I get, everybody's mm-hmm. gotta get there. We'll have to. We'll have to talk that another time. Yeah, we'll do that in person one day. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll mm-hmm. have to convince you the green and gold. Start bleeding <laughs> green and gold. So African American, mm-hmm. um, and again, I. I it's a delicate conversation because I don't know what, like, how would, you know what I'm trying to say. I, yes. So I will I will start it off with, right? You help me out no, here, Jay. There are no bad questions when there is an honest effort to learn, right? So I'm African-American. I am, if, you know, and this is just being honest, if mm-hmm. somebody were to walk up to me, right, I'm pretty masculine presenting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the most delicate looking person, short hair and such like that. Um, I'm married to a very, very beautiful woman and we have a three-year-old son and I love to duck hunt. I love to run around the woods. I drive a big old lifted truck, four-wheel drive, and Crazy. all my hunting equipment is mine, right? So I'm you are the, a lot of boxes. You are certainly checking boxes that are typically not the perceived perception of who a hunter is. Yes. Do you get a lot of flack because of that? Um, I get a lot of conversation, put it that way. Have I had some negative uh, interactions? Yeah, I have. I'm not going to lie about it. Yeah, um, yeah. I like to hunt alone often because hunting is absolutely therapeutic for me. So every now and then I'll hunt by myself. And I've had some some interesting, I'll say, engagements. You know, I, I'll be honest. I've had a lot more interesting versus negative. Right. Like I've had a lot of situations where, you know, I've I've been I've encountered some people where I would never, ever have a conversation with. But, okay. just you know, by virtue of hunting, you know, and a little time in the blind where we have a common friend or we both try to get the same spot. You know, it's it's almost like rugby. Right. We're here for one thing. And if you're mm-hmm. an honestly good hunter, like you get past that. And then a couple hours later, you start having conversations that you never thought you'd have. Like, wow. You're out here by yourself. This is all your stuff, you know, and so on and so on. But I've also had negative comments where people have absolutely used, you know, the wrong terminology or a crude joke or something like that. And it's like, hey, but that's not funny. And I'm not the one. So, you know, so, I've been blessed. So to open up being honest, I'm I'm one of those individuals that I don't know the correct terminology. Okay. I even asked my, I even asked my wife this. Like, I, I don't know how... How would you refer to is is homosexual correct? Is gay correct? Is I don't know. Like honestly, so what would what would be the correct terminology if I was to walk up and meet you? Like I'm just as, Justin. As, I'm just a person, right? Perfect, like I am. Perfect. So I I understand and absolutely respect the the need for labels. Um, mm-hmm. I understand and respect the need for identity and such like that. Like, I don't, I don't knock that. I personally, you know, for, for Jay, there, there's no labels. Like I'm a hunter, you know, I'm Love here, I'm, I'm doing the same thing you're doing. So let's get it. And if, if you say something that rubs me the wrong way, well, I'm going to say it. I'm blunt enough. Just like I would hope somebody would tell me like, Hey, that's, you, you can't say that. Yeah. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate that perspective because honestly, I, and I'll be truthful about it, 
I don't know why I didn't think of it that way. I, I was almost like I had to think of it in like, as I said, I spoke to my wife and I was like, Lisa, like, is it, I, like even in emails, I was like, am I going to address this in an email or not? And you're right. I don't have to address it. It, it, it is what it is. No. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. I mean, we, we, we as adults, right. We know when somebody is being malicious, you right. know, but you also, you know, or at least I say, I won't say you cause it, everybody, it, it's different for everybody, but mm-hmm. I usually know if somebody's being passive aggressive or, you know, some microaggressions, but if somebody's honest, like honest to goodness, just trying to figure their way around having a conversation, I don't want that to stop them from engaging with me. Right. And sometimes I don't feel like having that conversation and, and excusing that, but most of the time I use that as a learning opportunity. Right. Like I don't, that is just where I'm at in life. Like I am open to having those conversations mm. and I want people to have those conversations with me. Cause I don't know, I don't know everything. I don't know mm-hmm. everything about pronouns, even, even hunting. I don't know mm. everything about hunting and I'm always learning. And you know, if you get the wrong person and you say the wrong thing, they're like, Oh my goodness, you are that type of hunter. And it's like, no, I just didn't know. Right. <laughs> Teach right. Me. Yeah. Isn't that a, isn't that a truth, right? That, and here's, here's, and I even spoke with Durrell about this. There is a perception about who I'm supposed to be. Robbie Kroger, this, this guy that, created this thing called blood origins about who I am as a hunter. Everyone expects this super experienced individual that's been hunting for forever. I only started hunting when I was 26. When I came to this country, I know nothing about rifle calibers. I learn all the time. I have two young boys that I'm trying to raise as hunters. And as such, I need to be as, as good a hunter as, as I possibly can. And the reason I started the Blood Origins brand, messaging, whatever you want to call us, is because I had to answer the questions to them as curious little minds in the woods to why, Daddy, did you shoot that raccoon? And, you know, I've got a science background, be able to talk of science, but I also need to articulate this, 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 this more emotive, spiritual side of, of hunting. But... I, I'm not an experienced hunter and, and it's, there's this, this, you've seen it in social media space is this thing that um, just because you're not an experienced hunter doesn't make you, uh, you know, it make you a hunter. It, uh, that sounds weird, but it happens all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that sometimes we forget, or at least I feel that, you know, we, we forget why we're doing it. Right like why we're doing it, which moves into how much you're going to, how much effort you're going to put into it, you know, and, and just how you're attacking it. Like I I've had some pretty, I've been blessed with some pretty good uh, opportunities to meet different hunters, beginners, uh, very, very experienced hunters and such like that. And this year, I, I'd say probably within the last year, it's the first time that I had slowed down and thought about the fact that, Hey, there's, there is a deep connection with what I'm shooting. And I'm not just talking about like, Hey, you know, from, from field to table 
you know, because I've always respected that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't choose certain things. It's just a choice of mine because if I mm-hmm. don't need it or can't give it to somebody, that's my personal choice. But there's mm-hmm. a whole nother, you know, deeper spiritual level that some beginner hunters have a better grasp of than me who has been hunting for 12 years. Does that take away from the validity of what you're trying to do? No. Are those beginner hunters late adult onset hunters? Yes. It's not funny that that, that's the case, right? To me, I've seen that a lot too, that these late adult onset hunters that, again, that also seems to be like a taboo term. Mm -hmm. Late adult onset hunter. Why would that be taboo? You've got these guys and gals that have resources now that can afford to hunt, that can afford to do all these things. Yet they're coming to it for a very specific reason. They didn't come to it because that's what dad used to do on a weekend. And we just went with dad when we were eight years old or nine years old. And that's just what we do, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But these guys that are coming or gals that are coming at 29, 30, 31, 32, they're specifically coming because of a connection, of spirituality, of health, of I'm sourcing my own meat, yada, yada, yada. Yep, moving. A lot of people are just doing just by virtue of moving. COVID has pushed a lot of people out of the city. So now they're out in the country and their friends hunt. So why not try it? I mean, it's, like you were saying, it's for it's for various reasons, but it's okay. Like, you know, as long as you, and, and by all means, let me know how you feel about it. But really, as long as you're an ethical hunter, you're paying into the system and you are learning, you're learning, 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 then what? what's the problem? Yeah, you know? so... We just released a Blood Origins episode on Travis T-Bone Turner. Most, one of the most well-known Southeastern hunting influences, if you want to call it, celebrity, right? He's with the Bone Collector. He's just, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. And he talked about celebrating. Celebrating hunting. And he couched it as, if it's legal and if it's ethical, we should celebrate it. Now, if we want to peel the onion layer a little bit and and i've had a lot of conversations in some certain groups in facebook which has really opened my eyes is that we sometimes bastardize the word ethics because when we talk about ethics when you discussed ethics right now and when travis discussed ethics he actually and you actually weren't talking about ethics because ethics have this sort of philosophical theological sort of basis and foundation to what it is what you were actually talking about is personal preference. And so there's a personal preference of yours to do something a certain way. The ethic is not to uh, endure harm onto that creature, onto that animal, typically. That's the ethos, right? The ethic of injuring or harming wildlife. But there's a personal, personal preference. So, for instance, I'll use an example. Some people will say it's unethical to do to use a long-range rifle to hunt elk. 600 yards. Somebody may say, I'll just use you. Jay, you may say that's unethical. Technically, it's not unethical because he may be a better shot at 600 yards than you are at 100 yards. But from mm-hmm. a personal preference perspective, you don't shoot 600 yards because you think that that is not fair chase. You feel like the animal doesn't know you're there. You didn't give it a fair chance. You didn't. There's a, yeah. a chance of it, it going haywire, like you wound something because you can't shoot correctly. So that's a personal preference thing. And so when you start pushing that boundary, 
like I'll ask you, like, okay, you say ethics, Jay. What are the, what are the what are some of your ethics when it comes to waterfowl hunting? And have you really explored why you have those ethics? That's a so that's a that's a really good distinction. Hmm. You actually made your point. You said I only do something if someone could use use the bird. Or yes. use the use the animal. Which I can see that, you know, by your definition being a preference, right? Because there's nothing there's nothing unethical technically, depending on how you define you know, how you define that. There's nothing unethical with shooting the bird and taking it back and doing what the law says that you can do with it. Right. So that's a preference. Oh, let me flip it on you. I, there's nothing unethical about me trapping a coyote. So I would argue that that, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah. Because, but I'm not going to use it. I may use the pelt. Yep. I may do one. I may, you know, get a tanned and whatnot, but I'm not going to eat it. And the reason I did it was from a predator management perspective for yep. turkey and quail in my property. Yet someone, and it happens a lot, especially in the predator management world, where someone would say, "Why do that? Because you're actually not using the animal." I can completely understand that. I can understand that example. So really, it comes down to, and, and really, at the end of the day, conversations like this and the conversations we constantly have through Blood Origins is, is one of thinking. Is that if we can get people to think, if we can get people to, that hunt to think, just like you, you meet some random people in the blind and you have a conversation, you're constantly thinking about you know, why you're doing what you're doing. And, and, and in that conversation, there may be an opportunity to explore this narrative of of why you hunt yeah yeah no i can definitely see that i can i can definitely see that does your wife hunt she does not she does not she's come out with me a couple times but uh that is just not her her cup of tea she'll eat what i bring home some of it did she have a perception of hunting um she did when we first started uh dating and once it kind of transferred from a hobby to an obsession uh but uh, again through <laughs> yeah but again through discussion just like you and I just had um she she understands i guess my ethics around how and why i do what i do right and she accepts it right she doesn't she didn't like guns before she didn't want any guns in the house because she feared them because she didn't really use them. She shot with me, of course, now. Uh, and with hunting, she saw, hey, she's not just going around, you know, shooting animals for whatever the case. I, we've we've explained it. We've talked about it. She's given away meat herself and she sees the benefits, you know, and she's been able to put, you know, quote unquote, put her hands on the process and be mm-hmm. part of the process and doing good. Mm-hmm. Now we don't have any issues. She's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you come across people in the military that it's it's a strange circumstance? Do you come across people in the military that don't hunt? Yeah. What yeah. are they? What are their perceptions of hunters? Um, 
as just the same thing in civilians just in the civilian life like the the military is a reflection of of the population and Mm -hmm. so we have hunters we have non-hunters we have you know we have vegans we have vegetarians so the same conversations that civilians are having or that we have out hunting we're having in the classroom i have like three or four people in my class that hunt and we've talked about you know going out and the normal jargon but then we have other people that are just looking at us like okay so i asked that question purposely how do we change perceptions around hunting um by doing right by what do you by, mean by doing and, and what i mean by that is by going out and not acting crazy you know not just being flamboyant with here i'll take a step back because that can that can be different right like i can see how that can be perceived my comment where i was going with it it's by showing the right thing while we're doing the right thing. Okay. I think I saw one of your podcasts before where one of the, uh, one of your interviewees was talking about people taking, taking photos with like ducks hanging from their mouth. Right. And I laughed at that because that Showing the duck bill in the shotgun, in the shotgun tip. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I laughed at that because I'm not, you know, to each his own, I won't knock it. It is what it is. Uh, and that's my, you know, Jocelyn's feeling about it, but I also see the negative connotation behind that. Like for those people who are non-hunters or those people who have a connection to living things, right? That why would we want them to see that? If we want people to understand that, and more importantly, if we want people like that to engage in conversations, Mm -hmm. then that's not how we want hunting to be perceived. Most hunters, most hunters, the first thing they say is, hey, I put food on the table. Mm-hmm. That I I hunted and I put food on the table for myself, my families, my friends. Okay, that sounds like something something respectful and very grounded in the process. But then when you have piles of whatever you're hunting and not really showing respect, then how are you supposed to have that conversation? That's step one. And then step two is having that conversation and not being defensive, being open, being educated, being open to being educated to, you know, what they're thinking and, and just so you can, so it can be a two way, a two way conversation. I think that that is, that's the second way to, to kind of, to have that, you know, happen. And then again, just, just do the right thing. Some people, you're not going to change their mind. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is. And it's, it's just merely by doing like, just be yourself, be authentic. And hopefully that authentic person is not, is not bad for the, <laughs> I guess not bad for for hunting in general. Well, I, I'll push a little bit on that. In okay. That if I'm being honest and I'm being authentic, mm-hmm. then I don't give a shit about what people think and or say or whatnot. And if I want to bite, if I want to, you know, be stupid and shove a duck's bill in my shotgun mm-hmm. and take a picture of it and stick it on social media, I'm going to do it. I don't care about anyone else. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's correct. I don't think you, you said you need to be authentic. You need to be truthful to yourself. And that's what I like to do. To me, I'm like, yeah, but there's also a bunch of stuff that you like to do, but you don't put it on social media. True statement. True statement. So but, uh, you're not putting that stuff on social media. So why do you put this stuff on social media? 
but that's and I think that's a great question. But then that's also digging into the type of person, right? In the military, we have a saying: there's you spend ninety. 95% of your time on 5% of the formation of 5% of bad apples, right? And the hunting community is no different. Wow, that is an amazing statement. You spend 95% of your time on 5% of the formation. Absolutely. Into the hunting community. You spend 95% of your time, you could use any any verb you want, worrying, dealing with, addressing five percent of the community absolutely mind-blowing stuff so there's shit you can't really you can't you can't control everybody right you can't reach out and touch and influence everybody so the important part is those who you do come in contact with those people who you do have a chance to influence then then take advantage of that take advantage of that I'm, I'm not going to lie. There's some pictures that I have on social media, like starting when, when Instagram and Facebook first came out, I'm holding the duck by its neck and such like that. And I got pals and now I have a better understanding. Are there certain mm-hmm. things that I'm still going to do? Probably, you mm-hmm. know, I want to show a good hunt, but there's a more respectful way of doing that. I learned that, uh, when I went on a hunt with a nonprofit organization, hunt to eat, and they yeah. had that discussion, and I would have never have thought about that, like to mm-hmm. that depth, without having that conversation. And that—that's that's where you met our boy Alex. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> Alex. Man, I can listen to Alex talk for hours. <laughs> it, I, I'm telling you, he reminds me of like one of my uncles. That's just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, so much knowledge. Just put, a, just put a bottle of Woodford in front of him and just let him oh, talk. Just go. Just yeah. go so much knowledge in them, but that you know, but those interactions up, are phenomenal. Yeah, you bring up a good point, and I think it's it's important for us to recognize this. And I went through it, and you went through it. Is that there is an evolution to hunters, right? There is this evolution that you want to you want to kill, you want to kill a lot, you want to kill special things, and through that evolution, you get to the point where you and I are at, which is then you're doing it for different reasons. I think it's it, what what, and we can't. We can't ignore that, nor should we suppress that. What we can do, though, is we can talk more to like how you should, especially in today's social media world. Mm-hmm. It was completely different 20 years ago when people were going through it. There wasn't any social media to, you know, to act up on. Um, and maybe it's just like an etiquette thing now, which is you see it on and, you know, these guys get a bad rap, you know, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Maybe it's just a slide into their DMs and go, hey, have you thought about if that picture helps or hurts hunting? Have you thought that maybe in 10 years' time when you're having kids, whether they'll have the same opportunities you have today because of just that one picture that you decided to post? Absolutely. It always it starts with a thought, right? And a thought usually starts from a good conversation or interaction. It certainly does. It certainly does. Well, I, I, I you know, we like to keep these podcasts short, sharp, and to the point. Mm-hmm. And this one has certainly been that. <laughs> um, it. Um, no, you are. You know, I said this about Jen Cubbage. I don't know if you listened to the the podcast I had with Jen Cubbage. You know, I feel I pride ourselves 
I pride myself in finding individuals in the hunting community that are enigmas. Jen Cubbage, I said to her, she's an enigma. She's a hair salon stylist out of Baltimore. Lives actually in South Carolina now because of COVID. On her first hunt, she went with a dog, a pack of dogs to hunt pigs in the swamp and knifed a pig for the first time. That was her first kill. She now is starting her own pack of pig dogs with her own line of dogs. She's starting deer hounds. She used to run um, a, a dog kennel for fox hunting in Maryland, I believe. She is like, the, and she's full of tattoos, you know, beautiful looking woman. And it's like, you're an enigma. Like, that's not what you see. Captain Jocelyn J. McNair, you are the same person. When you see you, you think, you know, you speak with you, you, you hear what you have to say. The fact that you are a diehard waterfowler. And again, you are just a hunter. Yes, I get it. But Captain Jocelyn McNair, who is an African-American woman who likes to go hunting by herself, that has a wife, is an enigma. That's not, that's not common. And it's important that we put these kinds of faces, these kinds of um, efforts out there to show that this is our hunting community. This is our community all over the world. And uh, the more that we can have, as you said, this whole, this entire thing has been about conversations. The more mm -hmm. you can have conversations with people, learn about people, think about, you know, get to know them, get to understand them. The better our community and our lifestyle will be for your kids and my kids and our grandkids one day. Absolutely. I will, I will say right before we end this, that yes, I'm different, but I would, I would caution for so many people to think that I'm that much of an enigma because I'm, there's actually a lot of people out there like me that are hunting. The part that is, is crazy is the fact that I'm on a podcast that, you know, a thousands of people might listen to. Oh no, there's right? only three people that listen to this podcast. Oh yeah. My mom, yeah. my yeah. wife. You, yeah, yeah, you three. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, but we're out there, right? We're, we're out there. It's, it's just representation matters. So if I if I could 100%. Leave, if I could leave anybody with anything is like every there's a type of hunter to represent every person in this world that is doing it. It's just we gotta we gotta understand that they're out there and don't be surprised when you see them. Right? I love that. Yeah. I love representation matters. There you go, Jay. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this time. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.